Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm Mark Francis and your host again for today. For this entire fall season, um, our episodes have been centered around ministries and the launching of them into the fall season. Well, I have a couple of people here where ministry doesn't ever really stop. And ministry never really stops for church anyway. But for a worship team who does things week after week after week, what could we talk about that is being launched and that is new? Well, that's the question on the table. But I have with me to my right, Miss Rose Locke. Yep. How are you? I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. I love having both of you guys here. I know. You know, it's, it's, it's neat. It's you know, I've had Mike individually. <laughs> I've had you and you've been in Sermon Spotlight also recently. But the one time I think we we're all together, we, we talked for a good while. So we'll see how this conversation yeah. goes. We also have pastor of worship and creative arts, Mike Lukens. Good to be here. How are you? You're with your people now. I'm with my people. <laughs> this, this, these are my people. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know what? Like, okay, we're all one church, one body, but it's funny how like ministry people have specific passions. You know, we're all wired unique ways. And so it's neat to see how God puts pieces in yes. place of people using their giftedness and their talents. And you guys have that same bent that I think I do. <laughs> and that's worship. So we've talked about this before, but just real quickly, give us your job positions and what you do. And this is kind of nebulous, I know, for some of us. But Mike, I'll start with you. Sure. Give us kind of what you do on a regular weekly basis. Yeah. So uh, job title is Pastor of Worship and Creative Arts. Um, specifically, it's um, related to that core value of loving God fully mm -hmm. and um and how that plays out on a regular weekly basis is our um, worship gatherings mm -hmm. uh, on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So um, encouraging our body in uh, the worship of God in the corporate setting um, together um, so that we can go out and live lives of worship as well throughout the week. Mm. Um, so it's not just Saturday night, Sunday morning worship and then something different the rest of the week, but it's the, the culmination of our weekly worship that we gather together to mm -hmm. celebrate that together and to, to encourage one another in that and to participate together in that yeah. as a body. And that's like a never ending process. That's why I say ministry doesn't end. I yeah. mean, we, we gather regularly, we, weekly right. for that purpose. Yeah. yeah. There, there's some times that are maybe a little more special in the, in the yearly calendar, like a mm. Christmas or Easter um, season that... Um, there's some more um, gatherings together around that, but um, you know each week should be significant yeah. and important in our in our gathering. So um, it's not like we have one or two ministry events that we plan for each year, and mm -hmm. then you know the rest of the time we're trying to figure out what to do with ourselves. But mm -hmm. it's you know Sunday's coming, as as Tony Evans said. <laughs> yeah, very cyclical. You know, I mean, yeah. it is. We've read a book called Rhythms of Grace, where you, you gather and you scatter, and it just kind of right. ebbs and flows week by week by week. Yeah. And um, so, Rose, I'll turn to you because you have a big role in those corporate gatherings. So, walk us through what right. you do on so a weekly basis. Since, since Mike is, um, you know, Mike is responsible for that core value for the whole church, I see myself as coming alongside him and supporting him specifically as it relates to the weekly gatherings, and I hope even sometimes more broader than that. Um, so kind of my primary role is to just make sure that the worship functions around here keep rolling. Mm. 
Like, is the, you know, are we, are we keeping things together technically? Are we keeping things together? Uh, does everyone know their role in the worship service? And, you know, the, the pastoral prayer to me is one of the most important things we do every single week, because that opportunity for the elder to pray on behalf of his people and for the people um, is just a key piece. So, you know, where do the elders fit into the service? Do they understand their role? Um, do we as a worship planning team, sometimes I feel like I'm their advocates mm. as well in the worship planning team. Do we as a worship planning team, um, you know, remember the importance of that part of the service? Because as you said, we all have our different bents, right? Mm -hmm. We Some of us, like we adore the music. So we're gonna like push to have a lot of music. And some of us really love and care for the teaching of the word, which is an important part of our worship services. But, um, you know, all of those things play together. And so I kind of have, I have a, a, a eclectic view of art and um, I, 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 I love the analytical and the artistic. And I think that allows me to kind of be the protector of all of those pieces that have to be part of our worship mm -hmm. gathering in an American culture where we really only have 75 minutes. So yeah. that's kind of an important piece of what I do is assist um, assist everybody to kind of remember all of those parts mm. of and what's you're, happening. And you're also the ultimate storyteller when it comes to that, because I, I appreciate where we've been as a worship ministry, where at first, before Mike, you came on board, it, there was just kind of each individual worship leader would pick some songs and then there'd be the sermon and then there'd be a prayer and it was a little segmented. Mm -hmm. And when we launched... Uh, uh, worship planning team, 2006, mm -hmm. um, it really turned into, well, how can we be more intentional? And I think as it's evolved over the years, Rose, your role has become so clear of this storyteller and keeping all those parts and pieces together to where when you leave church, hopefully you're coming away saying, this is what I took away about God in this worship service. And this is now my charge or my call of how am I going to live the rest of the week? And the sermon is going to fluctuate um, based off of the passage or based off of the theme of the day, but the story of God <laughs> doesn't change. And so how we freshly tell that story each and every week can be very intentional and creative. Right. It's so cool that God is, God is so... Um beyond time and beyond space and beyond our limits that it is absolutely impossible to tell his story completely and wholly. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's that song, what's the line? I'm not very good at the lyric, but something about if all the ocean, you know, if I had all the ink, if all the oceans were ink and I had a the pen, I could never write. Yeah all of the love of God. Well, that's not, you know, that's not his justice. That's not his mercy. So the story of God is so grand and glorious that we can't possibly tell it in 52 weeks a year. Mm. So that's what kind of makes our roles cool, right, guys, is that we we get to continually figure out and learn more about God and how can we, how can we help people in our congregation see God, um, maybe a different facet of who he mm. is, this morning in worship. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't negate the role of the Holy Spirit in that, because just because in our planning, we saw a certain facet of God, hopefully, because God is so big, hopefully the story that we've presented, there's another facet maybe we didn't even see. Mm -hmm. And it, that is kind of fun, right? When sometimes we've planned right. something and we don't even know we've put this, this 
nugget inside the service, but then we come away and we go, Hey guys, we didn't even notice that we were really talking about this piece of God so much, you know? So that's always telling the story of God is something that I'll never tire of. I don't think, you know, and we can carry over to another um, important role that Rose plays is, you know, we do have um, four worship services Mm. with three different venues, which means three different teams of people that Mm. are participating, some volunteers, some, um, on staff, elders, um, pastoral staff that are involved, lay leaders that are involved, and helping them all understand the direction of the service and where they fit in that and just keeping the communication straight. And, you know, like there's, there'll be times when we have a, um, maybe a child dedication and each service looks a little bit different because of the families that are involved or who is leading that child dedication. Um, But but all that should feel like you're at Fellowship Bible Church, and um, regardless of what mm. service you end up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rose just does a great job of, of keeping all those pieces uh, together and yeah. well communicated. Yeah, and it does take. A, there are a lot of people involved. I mean, you, if you just attend that one service or that one venue, you might think, oh, there's only a couple people who are up there speaking. But over the course of a weekend, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and I just brag on our volunteers here a little bit. I mean, this isn't why we came here to talk, no. <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I, I, I sometimes if the volunteers get discouraged, or um, even if I personally get discouraged, sometimes I sit back and I think, like, do you realize that in twenty four hours we do three, we do four worship services, but three completely different worship services with three completely different teams of people Mm -hmm. in three completely different spaces. Mm -hmm. And there are like theaters with massive staffs who would like just wear down under that kind Mm -hmm. of weight. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, that God has been so gracious and kind to us to always provide us the right volunteers at the right time who can just, you know, come and lighten that burden and refresh Mm -hmm. us and, I just, um, it is really amazing what we accomplish here in yeah. a, a short period of time. And it, it really is God's people. It is about being a community, right? And God's people coming together and operating mm-hmm. inside their gifts. And what theaters do is pretty much the same show every every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ours, yeah. this is different with different people. And so, yeah, so when you have a, a moment of criticism where you have a moment of <laughs> judgmental thinking of what is what am I getting out of the service and it didn't work for me today think think twice <laughs> where, where is God in in that picture and what is God speaking to you through worship and or through that sadness that you so experiencing that sadness or that like disappointment that it didn't meet your personal needs mm-hmm. God has something for you in that moment too yeah. Um, and because I mean, there's been times Mike has been a great like resource and rock for me. And there's been times when I've gone to Mike and I've been like, Mike, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I can't, I can't bear. A lot of times it's that I can't bear up under the criticism of others. Mm. And, um, Mike will say to me, but God, Rose has something for them to learn in their discomfort. Mm. And so the fact that, you know, the fact that they experience discomfort, you cannot lay that at your own feet. You have to realize God is sovereign in that and that in their discomfort, they're learning something as well because mm. we're all in this journey as a community together. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's too cold, too hot, music's too loud, not not loud enough, not the style that you liked, message is too long, you know, whatever thing that maybe was a disappointment to you, 
you know, where, like, where's God? What, what's he, you know, grow, trying to grow in me in that? And, uh, you know, maybe it's like working on getting your, your focus on him and fixing your eyes on him in the midst of some maybe trying, trying circumstances. Mm. And then, mm. then you think of like, uh, bring, bring the sacrifice of praise. Well, easy praise is maybe not the sacrifice of praise, <laughs> you know? So when it costs us a little bit to, to worship, because maybe it's not exactly the way we would have wanted it to be. Um, and yet you're able to um, fix your eyes on Christ and, and worship him and encourage those around you through that. Boy, that's, that's mm-hmm. what God's looking for. And um, it's funny and fascinating that we're having this discussion about corporate gatherings, because where we're going to go here of what is kind of being launched, we'll get to. But before we do that, let's just spend a few moments on that word worship, mm. because we're, we're talking that this corporate gathering is our time of worship. We're talking that, you know, there's different components of worship. But it really, Mike, you mentioned before, the core value of loving God fully is is kind of the true charge. And that comes into fruition through the corporate gathering. But, you know, worship will define as not just singing. <laughs> worship is not just a singular time and place and location. So when we do gather, what aspects of worship are we looking to accomplish? And, and how do we define what is that worship mm-hmm. word? Yeah, that's great. You know, worship should always begin with God and he's the initiator of it. Um, so it, it begins with um, trying to help one another see the the glories of God, the, the greatness of God. And, and God should speak to us in that through his word, through what he's done. Um, you know, we can't just make that up, but God has already provided that. Um, and then as we see that, you know, we, we respond. So God reveals, we respond. So if he was re- revealing his, his glory and his greatness, maybe his holiness, you know, some facet of that glory of God. And then we, in light of who we are and our need, um, should respond in a, a confession or a, a brokenness, our need. You know, I think Isaiah chapter six is probably the, mm. the best example or, mm-hmm. or Peter on the, the boat with Jesus. You know, mm. when, when there's a recognition of the holy, holy, holy God, there's a woe is me, I'm undone. Mm-hmm. You know, man of unclean lips or Peter, you know, Lord, <laughs> go away from me. I'm not, I'm not worthy to John be. John in Revelation. Yeah. Is another. Or yeah. Yeah. like I, I've been sharing this with people and the more I share it, the more it's moving my heart. But um, we heard Johnny Erickson Tata mm-hmm. and she's describing to us. At what, a conference that yes. we were at a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So we're off, by the way, we're all fired up because <laughs> a little while ago we went away for a three-day, four-day conference. Yes. Um, so Johnny is describing herself um, crossing from life, from this life to eternal life. And my expectation was that she was going to, like, she's talking about crawling across the river, you know. And um, in my own head, imagining what she was going to say, she was going to say that when she crossed the river, she jumped up and left and started to dance for joy. And that is not what she said. What she said was that she crawls across the river and lays there and then gets to her knees in front of Christ. Mm-hmm. 
because she currently can't walk and it's been many, many years. And that's and, the need to ration And suffering yeah. and, and through her suffering and all she wants to do is be in the Christ of presence, compl- mm. not complete as a... Not not with her body physically mm-hmm. complete, which is what in my flesh, I know if I were sitting mm-hmm. in that wheelchair in yep. my flesh, yep. that's probably where I would go. And she wants to crawl and just be at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's my desire for our people here at Fellowship Bible Church is to just want to bask in the glories of God. Mm. And, I, you know, we're all at different spiritual maturity places. So for some people... Um, it it has to be it has to be what what they what their expectations are in order for them to begin to see the glory of God, mm. and for other people, hopefully for those of us who've been here for a while and who've begun to mature, we just see God, and it's such a privilege to come and see God with His body, mm. and to celebrate the same facets of Him at the same time, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what we're doing in worship. Mm-hmm. And we are charged as a worship ministry to remind people of the greatness of God each and every week because we quickly forget. We're called to remind people of who He is, what He's done for us, and then what's our response? And the right. biblical re- biblical response is praise, adoration, worship, all of those words that just the English language doesn't do justice. Right. So then if we go on in, in the, the gathering time, you know, when we see our need, then we, we again look to the scriptures mm-hmm. and God promises uh, salvation, mm-hmm. redemption, forgiveness of our sin. So then, um, you know, we look, look to use songs and scripture passages and other things that would remind us of the gospel and, you know, the, the assurance that we have there. Mm-hmm. And then that um, causes an even greater praise. You know, mm. it's it's one thing to look up at the sky and, and see the glories of God, but then to uh, specifically see our need and how that need was met at the cross. That's, that's an even deeper, greater mm-hmm. sense of worship of God. Mm-hmm. And then as God's gathered people, we, he wants to speak to us and he does that through his word and the teaching of the word. And then we, um, prepare to to head out into a week of worship, and uh, there should be a uh, just a an, an outward look of our lives of worship as mm-hmm. we conclude our time together, and all that in 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 community. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's not just um, this vertical relationship, but it's also the the horizontal that that takes place. And you know, Colossians three. Um, you know, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So it's it's in the, in the singing of those psalms, hymns, spiritual songs mm-hmm. with thankfulness in our hearts to God, mm-hmm. we're we're teaching one another and admonishing one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's that horizontal aspect of our our gathering. Yeah. So which which is what makes singing so important. Not the only um, emphasis of the word worship, but there is plenty of biblical charges of where singing takes place, doing it together sure. in a community setting. Yeah. And the prescription, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. of what you do when we gather is what you've been describing, right. um, of walking through that story of the gospel. And and that's what, Rose, you help us with that right. story. And then, like, so that, I mean, that kind of shows 
like this is kind of an example of our team and how we work together because Mike sets that like theological, like this is this is what's important. This is worship. This is what we're going to accomplish in our gathering time. We're going to use these things. Um, and then the practical working out of that, um, it, it, it to me, it's an artist. It's a it's an artistry then, mm. right? So it is it is understanding creative processes and understanding how music and words and lyrics fit together. It's understanding things like. Um, I mean, I'll refer to that tuning video. And I think that was a time when God just inspired my heart in in a special, unique way, where I talk about how harmonies, harmonies come together and create something bigger than themselves. And that's like a, a scientific physics, like concrete thing that harmonies, when they come together, create something bigger than themselves because they create these things called overtones. And I talk about it in the video a little bit, but but that applies, that picture applies to us as a body as we come together. And we're kind of here to talk about the launching of the orchestra and, and the choir. And I think that those play a part in showing our congregation that when when people within the body use their giftedness to create something, an art, basically mm-hmm. to create an art that is bigger than themselves, it amplifies, mm-hmm. and I say this in the video, it amplifies the glory of God. And we, again, if all, if, if all the oceans were filled with ink, we could not fully tell his story. So in that moment, um, just, just recently, the seniors had a had a uh, an event and at the end of the event they sang the sa- the song uh, the king is coming mm-hmm. which is a kind of an older song but in that song um, it talks about the trumpets will sound you know and dave compton was there he's our pastor of seniors he happens to play the trumpet he got to that part of the song he began to play that trumpet well that group of people together in community singing an older song that many people maybe not be able to relate to, but some people could, um, they're singing this older song and all of a sudden Dave starts playing his trumpet and I feel myself, I physically feel myself wanting to be transported to the day when the King is coming. And again, that's just a little tiny slice of God and a little tiny slice of heaven, but it could never be accomplished except in community. Mm. Because I could put a recording on of a trumpet all day long, and that will not, will not move me physically, aurally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, in the same way as standing 10 feet from Dave playing his trumpet will. It doesn't matter how loud the recording is. And with creativity. So in community a, and creativity. There's a component of what music does, of what instrumentation does to, again, give you that experience and that sensing of God's presence. We know he's always there, but there's something that how God has created us in this human form that we value and desire this creativity of using our gifts and talents. And so there's an aspect to where, yeah, we could do the exact same thing every single week and accomplish yes. rehearsing the gospel. And some Mike, churches Mike might had even to do think that. think about that a second yeah. before he agreed. But <laughs> no, do you no. agree with that statement? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 
And some churches we, do we that. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Every good. single week, have the same liturgy, have the same songs, that the same progression of telling the story of the gospel, or, looking at... Or have the same people leading each week. And the week. same people leading it each right. week. All of those things. You know, or the same pastor teaching. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the beauty of the body coming together is that each person brings their... Um, their relationship to the Holy Spirit hmm. and the um, the what God is is presently teaching them and and growing them in to that corporate experience and gifts and abilities that that God has um, graced the body with and bringing that together um, to, again to to worship God vertically but also to encourage one another horizontally hmm. and uh, those those different aspects of the body doing that and using giftedness. And it's just the beauty of, of what the worship gathering should be about. Yeah. Right. So it becomes an understanding of what the church itself is. Right. And um, I think um, I, I, it, was at, it was at the conference we were at. And when I was listening, John Piper taught, and I was listening to Piper. And he, was it Piper? Yeah, I think so. He was teaching about um, individual worship versus corporate worship. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the fact that the church has this unique thing that the church is equated to being a bride. So the church body itself is equated in God's word with a metaphor with a metaphor that is a body that is a like a bride is a person. And so there is something so unique about this community and this gathering that of people that God brings together, that he calls it this new creation, which is a bride. And it's just such a, an interesting and beautiful picture to me. Uh, it just raises to me the value of the corporate church. You know what I mean? It's why we don't, it's why I don't sit at home and watch mm. television church and call my church done. And it's also why you if know? you go to a different church and you don't know everybody there, it, it doesn't have the same meaning mm-hmm. that when you come to a home church where you're family and you know the people on stage and you see the Dave Compton playing the trumpet or you see uh, Mike Lukens on stage and you recognize that there's interaction <laughs> from what is happening on the stage. It's not a performance. There's this corporate component mm-hmm. of doing this together as a family right. and a community. And so there's value added to that. And even the conversations that you have coming in and out, mm-hmm. you know, color that that worship service um, and, and affect it, you know, knowing that you're doing this together. I was mm-hmm. talking to somebody today about, you know, if, if our worship gatherings were just about the vertical, it would be like a concert where everybody mm-hmm. kind of just shuffles in, mm-hmm. finds their seats, the lights go down, and it's just you and the performer on the stage. Um, you know, if, if that were the case, you know, we, we could do it as individuals in our homes, or we could gather together in some building somewhere, shuffle everybody into their seats, turn the lights off, mm-hmm. um, and then just have your worship moment with mm-hmm. God. And, uh, someone called it a hermetically sealed believers <laughs> who, you know, they have, they have no interaction with anybody else as they come to worship. And that's not what God has right. called it, us to be about. Right. And there's, Spur there's one another on to love and good deeds. Like I'll just yep. say there's something, that, there's something in the process of showing grace to one another that amplifies something about God. You know, So sure, we could go to Shenandoah University or Washington, D.C., and we could hire the greatest performers that live in the D.C. metro area. You know, like we we could do that. God has probably provided us the financial resources to do that. 
but showing grace to a kid who's just learning to play the drums, who doesn't do it perfectly, but does it for the glory of God, that is a picture of our God who loves us in our weakness, you know? And so I think there are so many important things that happen inside our corporate gathering as a result of some of the value decisions we've made as a worship ministry that I think are highly, highly, highly important. Mm. I think these decisions, um, we've made them with some just, there's been some groanings, right? And there's been some struggles to make these value decisions over the years. But I think we've made we've made ones that that God has showed us reflect his glory well. Mm. That's how I'll, I'll mm-hmm. put it. Not that yeah. our decisions are perfect or right for everyone else, sure. but decisions that reflect God well. Yeah. Well, this is just the foundation, guys, <laughs> of where we want to end up. And because you think about what is launching now. So COVID impacted many things and it impacted how we gather. And when we started to regather out of just a video stream, we explained it as an unfolding of a flower, a rose, and there'd be layers. Well, it's taken us this far to get to a point as a worship ministry to say, okay, we need to relaunch choir and orchestra. And the the idea of what we lost because of that, of people singing together in a close proximity, um, the people playing instruments together in close proximity, that seemed to be um, something that we needed to avoid for a time. We're at a season now where God is saying, okay, it is time to, to take this next step. And as a worship ministry, it's exciting because there is people who haven't been able to use their gifts and talents to, to now say, here's an opportunity for you. Let me read this passage before I let you guys talk because <laughs> you might laugh, but it's, it's so applicable. Um, Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with harp and lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing, praise him with strings and instruments and pipe, praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And there are so many other instruments left out of that passage, but that just gives you a sampling of the things that God is saying, just use those tools to praise the Lord. So how do we then incorporate this call to praise the Lord with the foundation that we've laid of so many different ideas that it's not just this that calls us to worship, but what is the launching of a choir look like first? Let's talk about that and why a choir. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll open the floor to where we've been and where we're going now. Yeah. So both those groups, um, in their own way, give this great picture of the body of Christ. Um, so you, you think of, let's start with an orchestra. You know, if you, if you look at an orchestration, um, the music written out, not everybody's playing the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it's these melodies and harmonies and um, different um, voice, you know, voice ranges for the instruments that are... Um, weaving together to create this arrangement that it paints this beautiful picture that ultimately, in our case, would support the congregation singing and the lyrics of the song. Um, where you know, if everyone was playing a trumpet, you it would just sound like trumpets. Or you know, if everybody was just you know 
uh, playing acoustic guitars. It would just have this kind of mm-hmm. monolithic sound to it. Um, but the the beauty of each individual part coming together, and then the same thing with with choir. Um, you know, a choir. Uh, the the voice and Rose describes a choir as as uh, should sound as one voice mm. together, mm-hmm. one instrument together, when um, performed well and and practiced well. A choir has this unified voice, and uh, we got to hear a couple choirs at the conference, and and I was I was listening to them through that um, kind of lens. And, and they sounded like, it didn't sound like a group of people up on the stage singing, but it sounded like this one voice that was um, had these different facets to it. So, um, you know, a, a choir can't accomplish that with just one voice or just all voices that are the same. So you have mm-hmm. the different, you know, the, the two mm-hmm. women voices, the two men voices, the soprano, alto, tenor, and bass that in a sense do the same thing that an orchestra does. Um, and, uh, you know, in a lot of senses, we, with our voices, we can do things that many instruments or most instruments can't do, um, you know, that. Like pronounce lyrics for one thing. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. like one very mm-hmm. obvious example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it's, it's exciting to, and, and, and then just the fact of, how many more people get to participate in, in serving our body yeah. through the, the worship services is encouraging. Um, so we're excited about them having the opportunity to get them started again. So what does that look like to get started? I mean, so last week we saw a little bit of instruments on the stage and, you know, we're, I would look at you, Rose, but I'm also going to say as a worship ministry, we're not trying to limit ourselves to just have drums, guitar, and keyboard on stage. You know, our desire would be to to draw up as many people as possible to participate in Well, it. and for the for the reasons that that for right. the reasons that we've laid out here, yeah. not not for the, you know, the the guarding of a musician's heart. This has been the guarding of my heart for I've been in, involved in this ministry for 20 years. And I have always chosen to um I've, I have I have some skill at the piano, and I have chosen to to downplay that skill often because the guarding of my heart as a skilled musician is that I will somehow replace the worship of Lord with the worship of that. And I so we do we desire for musicians and gifted artists to participate. Not to glorify their art or to glorify themselves, but because we understand that when gifted musicians and gifted artists come together in a community of believers to magnify the glory of God, that it accomplishes that purpose. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, this really is the call of my heart. I would so much rather have a, um, have a young person who just wants to worship God, who doesn't have the skill yet um, to do that, than to have someone come in who has all the skills in the world, mm. but is missing that heart. Mm. I just think that is something that's really key to what we do here. And I'm thankful. Again, I, I, I cannot say enough about Mike Lukens. I am so thankful for him having, for, for agreeing with that vision. 
I, on the other hand, use every ounce of skill that I have on a Sunday morning, <laughs> and sometimes it's just barely enough. <laughs> right, yeah. but that, that's two different ways of looking at the same yeah. coin. That's two different ways of looking at the same coin. No. You know, two yeah. different ways of looking. Yeah, it, yes, I, we, I, we all hear what you're saying, yeah. and yet at the same time, um, there is a level of skill. You know, right. there is a sure. level of giftingness that God has given yes. people. And I know from a personal standpoint, um, when I moved to town here 22 years ago <laughs> and I was looking for a church, I went a good seven to eight months without using my skill. Hmm. I went and, and I was dying. And I was just like, I have to be able to play and sing and worship and do what I think God has give, mm-hmm. given me to do. Sure. And so just looking for a church was one thing, but then landing here at FBC and I just was like, where can I go? How can I play? <laughs> and there's there's something that I know God gives musicians like that, that you want to use your skill and gifts for God. And, yeah. and so we want to draw that out of people. I mean, there is there is something that don't feel limited because you think that what you see on Sunday morning just magically happens and they have plenty of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, going back to the four worship services and three venues and multiple teams, and because we haven't had a choir and an orchestra in the last couple of years, doesn't mean we wouldn't have a desire to have 200 people on stage singing mm-hmm. you know, and playing their instruments. The, I mean, the, the vision is limitless of what we can do. It's just a matter of like, we want God to bring forth the people who have that heart and that passion and just say, how can you use right. me? And yeah. Mark, part of that goes back to what exactly we're talking about is because we believe so strongly that God brings to our community mm-hmm. who he wants to participate. Yeah. If that means that Mike is going to lead worship with just his guitar, because God didn't provide a drummer or a bass player or a trumpet player or whatever other instrument, the score, it's the music itself called for, then because God brought Mike Lukens, he's going to do it. And so it can look like we're not struggling for musicians or we don't need, need is such a mm-hmm. hard word for me. Mm-hmm. We don't need people to be involved. It's because we're waiting for God to bring to us the people yeah. that God's going to bring forth. Like I said, so. we can go hire people. We can sure. go pursue people and bring them in. And if... If we felt like, okay, this is the level that we want to be at. This is the the vision to have the 200 people. We're going to go make that happen no matter what. That's getting ahead of God. Right. And yeah, so our, our worship services are um, created based on who God brings. And that, that becomes mm-hmm. our personality. So, right. you know, if, if our congregation were more um, closely tied to a, a bigger music university, um, that maybe had a, a stronger Christian focus there that people wanted to be a part of, um, you know, church services, um, like some of the bigger cities have, you know, we, we would probably have a, a huge orchestra um, mm-hmm. or, you know, what, whatever kind of style of music that God brings together um, uh, as that congregation's kind of personality, then, then you, I think you go in that direction. And we, we try to discern like who is, mm. Who has God brought and what giftings and create our, the art of our worship services based on that. And, and we're not going to go try to create something and then find people to fill in the, the spots for that. Right. Like I said. think that's so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's so important to stress because the primary thing is the content. 
The primary focus of the corporate gathering is all what we talked about before this and telling the story of God. And the form of how we do that takes shape through the people of his church that is brought into our family of Fellowship Bible Church. And right. so to as try to well pursue... As well as the vision that that, yeah. that Mike Lukens has developed. And <clears throat> and because Mike, and I mean, and our whole team, so we are a team. Yeah. I mean, I keep, I keep talking about Mike, but we are a team. Yeah. And our whole team understands the values I was talking about earlier about how orchestras and choirs give people more opportunity to participate in community. And they also reflect this unique community thing that's part of who God is that is not reflected in other places. So we believe that God would have us to have those ministries here. Um, and God seems to be bringing the people to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, And so feeling a little like there's been something missing a hole over the last couple of years because of COVID, God is kind of putting on, on our hearts to say, yeah, there's, there's a desire to include more people to bring more of the, the choir and orchestra in a way that, yes, stylistically, it'll be a little different in certain times when they're being used as opposed to two guitars or a piano on the stage. Mm-hmm. And so the variety and the mm-hmm. the utiliz- utilization of people's gifts and talents to then um, impact the body as a whole, to allow them to vertically worship with God and to each other is I think why we're saying we want to do this, right? right. I mean, is, is and I'll add. I mean, I'll add some other some other layerings, and and these are these are a little le- again. These are a little more practical, but like I said to a parent, a grandparent whose um, grandchild is going to play in our orchestra, and I said to some other kids, um, my daughter has been a benefit. I know Henry Poole has been a benefit beneficiary. Mm. Do you know when you when you start walking in the non-Christian professional music world, particularly, and it doesn't matter whether it's the music theater world or the the um, uh, choral world, any any non-Christian professional musical world, when you start walking in those worlds, it is cutthroat. Sure, mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like who who is the best player? There's not. I mean, you have to collaborate to accomplish some music, but I'm not always sure that collaboration collaboration <laughs> is a mutually beneficial <laughs> relationship, right? Whereas inside the church, collaboration becomes a discipleship opportunity, yes? <laughs> so when a Henry Poole sits next to a Tyler Lackey <laughs> over the course of several years, or when Dave Compton is calling a, you know, a high school senior come play with this quartet with me. There is so much more happening than a quartet, Mm -hmm. right? Right. There is an older Christian man showing a younger Christian man how to carry the music of the past and the present into future generations. It is just this like amazing thing to watch as we create music together. How to use your gifts and talents for God instead of just just saying, I want to play for myself, or because I like the way it sounds. It's incorporating, which, which plays out in our rehearsals. So mm-hmm. you know, you think of our, our choir rehearsals. It's not just come and warm up, practice these songs, and go home. But we, we spend time um, taking a look at in God's Word, what He says about worship. We spend time praying for one another. Um, there's laugh there's together. laughter. There's you know <laughs> just relationships. Um, and there's skill learning, yeah. I hope. Yeah. I hope there's skill sure. learning. You know what I mean? Like, right. how do you listen to other people? How do you sing well? What is this instrument called a choir? You know what I mean? There's some music creating. There's some simple music education that's mm-hmm. happening. And I think one of the things I was going to say is I, I was thinking about it yesterday. 
again, one of the heartbeats, one of my heartbeats is that sometimes we relegate the things of God, particularly in the arts, we relegate those to the world. Mm -hmm. We allow the world to take those over. We have allowed the world to steal music from us. Mm -hmm. Kids learn to read music in school. And the words sometimes that are being put on our children's lips as they're introduced Mm -hmm. to the art form of music, those are not the words we want on our children's lips. And so they're like learning to count. I mean, they're learning quarter notes and half notes and things. And the teachers will chant a song or whatever. And I was looking, I was looking for some music to sing with the choir. I was looking for some rounds. And I'm reading these the the words that these music teachers sometimes are putting on these kids' lips, worshiping music itself. Mm. That's idolatry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our kids are singing idolatry in a music education environment, and we're not even aware of how strongly that connection is being made in our little hearts. And so I think there is some place in the church to regain the music music education. And that's why I, I'll just give a shout out to <coughs> Cole McQuaid. So Cole McQuaid has stepped up and said that he wants mm-hmm. to start a children's choir. So we not only now have an adult choir, we also have a children's choir. And um, Cole is just doing an amazing, mm. amazing job of doing some music education, putting on our children's hearts as they learn what music is, they're learning that music can be about God at the same time. And so I, I, I'm an advocate for mm-hmm. the church reclaiming the art of storytelling, the art, uh, the art of painting, the mm-hmm. art of drawing, the arts of music. Mm-hmm. Um, Which because, hundreds of years ago was the church was the source of the the arts for yeah. the world, yeah. and and it's like you said, it's gotten stolen, and and the church has kind of given up on that. Well, thankfully to the, our leadership here, we're going down that path. So I'm excited. And this week we will see Cole and the kids on stage. Yeah. I'm excited to be with them. Uh, and last week we had a chance to hear a little bit more about that children's portion of the ministry that's going on. But when it comes specifically to choir and orchestra, what can we call people to, um, you know, choir is when orchestra is when 640 for choir, 645 to 815 on Wednesday nights. I am trying to, to direct it. We're trying to make a safe, fun space Mm -hmm. where we can all make mistakes and learn together. And I'll just tell you, we had our first rehearsal and it was so much fun. And let me tell you, God has done something here at Fellowship Bible Church that I've never seen in a church choir before. So we had five sopranos and five altos, and we had four basses and four tenors. Mm -hmm. So we had a completely balanced group of people. We also had this incredibly wonderful, delightful mix of older and younger so we had probably age range from 20 to 75. Mm-hmm. So it was like mm-hmm. this great, sorry, I hit the mic. It was this great um, uh, mix of ages. And then we had this wonderful mix of skill levels. So one mm-hmm. of the members of our choir so humbly continues to just sing with us, but has a degree in conducting. <laughs> and you know, other members of our, other people who were there had never sung in a choir before mm-hmm. ever. And so God just brought this beautiful picture of his church right there. Mm-hmm. And then we sang, we, I, and we did, we, we, we won't always be so heavy music education, but we did a really beautiful piece and worked mm-hmm. really hard on what does one voice sound like and what, you know, what does this piece mean? And 
Um, we don't always have that much time. So I don't know where we're going to sing or how, um, but I know that every Wednesday for an hour, there's a group of believers who represent Fellowship Bible Church as a whole who are just loving God by creating beautiful mm-hmm. art for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So, Orchestra? Yeah. What's the vision for that? Yeah, so the orchestra, um, we, as, as <clears throat> we plan and schedule them to be a part of the worship services, um, typically we'll... Um, practice with them the Sunday afternoon before the next weekend when they're going to play, mm-hmm. and and then we'll do the our typical um, rehearsal and run through um, the morning of the services that they play in. Um, so that's more of a it, it's not a, a set schedule and practice time, um, but um, you know if if you're interested in that, let us know. So that we can get you on the, the email list and and communicate with you, you know, as as those events come up, mm-hmm. trying to you know schedule them regularly, so um, they're a part of the the services regularly as well. Yeah, and we do not do not do auditions for our ministry, and I think that sets us apart. Yeah, we'll do an interview. I had someone an ask. Interview. I had someone ask, why yeah. don't we do auditions? Yeah. And I, I kind of got this quizzical look on my face. I mean, we said that long ago. We don't mm-hmm. do auditions. If God is calling you to be part of this ministry, we're going to talk to you. And we're going to we're going to um, we want to know we want to know your heart. Mm-hmm. We want to know what you've discerned. God has called you. We want to know your experience level, and we want to know your testimony. Mm-hmm. But we are not going to stand and if God is calling you to be part of this ministry, we're going to help you find your home in this ministry. Grow in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like I said, help you find where where you can best serve and be used. Yeah, um, you guys are to great. Serve the body. This, I mean, we covered a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably too deep. I appreciate. It. I can't believe it's only been how long has it been? I don't know what time we started. It doesn't even matter. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate the foundation again because the the charge of saying okay, we just want to grow and build a choir and orchestra. Just unless you understand the heart behind it, it. It is going to be what is happening here. So it's neat to know that all the reasoning and logic and going on behind all this of desiring to glorify God as a spiritual community <laughs> to prepare and deploy dependent disciples yeah. Yeah. and disciple making is happening in this ministry. And here is one way. Well, and thanks for bringing happen. us back to that, Mark, because I do mm-hmm. think, you know, value and vision mm-hmm. is important. And uh, until you just said that, mm. uh, so you said that, and I, mm. you know, I have a really big memory. And so in my head, as he's saying that, I'm mm. thinking, okay, did we check all those boxes? And I was like, holy cow, we are inside. It, it's it, su- quote unquote surprised me, but inside mm. our own ministry, mm-hmm. we are modeling all of mm-hmm. those things through the, um, you know, through choir and orchestra. Mm. But I have a feeling that you could do it everywhere, right? Through Absolutely. whatever yeah. God has called you personally to be directly involved in. Yep. So it's cool. Yep. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Um, continue to share <laughs> your thoughts, guys, as you're watching and listening to us. We want to continue to hear from you. Use this platform to share stories of what God is doing around the church. And, um, you know, in this worship ministry, there's a lot going on. Next week, we're going to hear from another ministry and a couple weeks to come even more. So, mm-hmm. Um, Just stay tuned to hear about what God is doing around here in the church, and it'll encourage you. Share it with other people. Let them know what's happening here at Fellowship Bible Church. So, Mike, Rose, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Um, And until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 